1: Hi there, and welcome to the Explaining History podcast. And we're continuing with our little series here on Blitzkrieg in the West. Uh, The next podcast coming up after this is going to be on Back on the Spanish Civil War. But here we are looking at uh, the continuation of Hitler's offensive in Western Europe following the fall of Norway. Now, for those that uh, didn't listen to the uh, Norway um, podcast. I mean, obviously, please do go back in and, and give it a listen. But where we leave off is the ultimate upshot in Great Britain um, is the fall of Neville Chamberlain in, in the uh, famous Norway debates, and the rise of Winston Churchill. And Churchill's rise uh, happens just at the very moment that the invasion of France begins. On the ninth of May, 1940, along the front, uh, where the uh, French and British and Belgian armies had uh, been engaged in an eight-month standoff with the German army, all of a sudden, rumours abound that the Germans are moving and there is a, a huge kind of a din of activity from across the German lines. The French generals... Tended to dismiss these reports, perhaps because the idea of a full German attack uh, was seen as improbable. The French, at this point, um, believed themselves to have a more effective fighting force than the Germans. They certainly have a larger number of tanks and larger infantry uh, reserves, and the uh, the measure of Hitler as uh, an impulsive, risk-taking, but entirely proactive and dynamic war leader, uh, a man who, until Barbarossa, believes that providence is on his side and that everything really comes down to uh, ever greater risk-taking. This is uh, a character that is uh, unfamiliar, really to uh, the Western Allies, Um, and perhaps had they had a a greater insight into the type of individual he was and his decision-making, the uh, noise of tanks rumbling in the dawning hours of the 10th of um, May might not have been so uh, unexpected. By the end of the month, uh, when the British Expeditionary Force is on the beaches at Dunkirk, um, and France is teetering on the edge of collapse. The entire nature, the entire future of the war has fundamentally changed. The general um, perspective um, that the British and the French had was that the French would do most of the land fighting with a small British expeditionary force contingent, the British would control the high seas, and America would arm both allies. And the in the space of four weeks Hitler rips that up in its entirety and the catastrophe um, not only involving the the fall of France but now the uh, lack of security that Britain has, French airfields are an awful lot closer than German ones, but the um, war strategy has to be completely rethought and started from scratch. It took two hours from the um, first assault, uh, which didn't happen in France but on Holland and Belgium, for the commander-in-chief, Maurice Gamelan, uh, to be uh, awoken uh, and called out of of his bed. Um, The uh, Dutch and the Belgian governments uh, call for help, obviously, uh, viewing themselves as uh, fairly innocent bystanders, neutral bystanders, in a quarrel between... Uh, the French and British on one side and the the Germans on the other. And the fact that the Luftwaffe uh, and the German army put up very little resistance uh, to the the British uh, and the French luring them into Belgium and into the Netherlands don't appear to have raised any uh, alarm bells in that it didn't appear to the or occur to the british invention that they were doing in fact precisely what hitler wanted and the uh, game plan that hitler had in mind the stickleschnitt and the upward cut that would cut off the uh, allied armies uh, in uh, belgium and northern france is able to go ahead early on may the 10th uh, glider troops landed on Eben-Emael, the Belgian fort, which covered the Albert Canal, which was uh, the kind of the linchpin, really, to Belgium's security. It was a vast concrete bunker-like structure with interlocking fields of fire, and the skill of the German glider pirates was second to none in landing directly on top of the fortress. But the short work that the Germans made of the Dutch and the Belgian armies, um, was nothing compared to the uh, force that was making its way through the Ardennes forest. The Ardennes, a uh, huge and thick and impassable woodland um, that was to be used with deadly effect by Hitler, not once but twice during the Second World War, first during the invasion of France and secondly during the Battle of the Bulge, um, it turns out that it wasn't quite as impassable as was previously thought. 134,000 troops, 1,600 vehicles, of which 1,222 uh, happened to be tanks, made their way through the Ardennes on narrow roads uh, with huge tailbacks, German uh, traffic uh, transport officers uh, having to manage this, um, the various breakdowns in tanks, and the complex uh, management and movement of vehicles all done um, as quietly as possible and as um, invisibly as possible. The Germans benefited from Britain and France's um, naivety in a way and lack of understanding about effective air operations. The bulk of Germany's armour sat in the forest as a sitting duck for several days and could have been devastated from the air had the uh, British and the French done enough reconnaissance flights to see that it was actually there. So this fact, allied with what we previously learned about Norway um, and about British and French uh, lack of preparedness and general kind of disorganisation and incompetence, meant that Hitler, who uh, to whom popular culture ascribes this Uh, reputation as a a fearsome and infallible military leader it's actually handed all manner of free passes by the Allies with simple avoidable mistakes that had they had the uh, air reconnaissance and surveillance over the Ardennes the uh, invasion of France may well not have happened, or certainly not in the way that it did Poor intelligence meant that Gamelan had little idea about where the German army was, even when it started to move out into open country, bursting out of the Ardennes, um, and where it was going, and a system of communications in France seems to have broken down in its entirety. One thing that we need to address, um, particularly at this time when uh, Dunkirk, the movie, is out on uh, movie, uh, out at the, the cinema, uh, and the romantic myth of Dunkirk uh, looms large again, is that the British Expeditionary Force was not really the main objective of the Wehrmacht. It was the French army. The French army was much, much larger. And the French army was the seen as the uh, main land force to defeat. Another myth that needs to be dispelled is uh, about the Maginot line. The Maginot Line was a long system of interconnected forts, uh, underground railroads, and uh, artillery embedded in concrete uh, that ran along the uh, Franco-German border, but obviously not along the Belgian border, as Belgium was an an ally, thus making it a key weakness. Belgium is a kind of a key weak point of the Maginot Line. Now, the assumption is that a fixed uh, set of Defences was what France was relying on in order to win its war with Germany. And this isn't really the case. The, the Germans obviously do go round the machine in line. Uh, but the French knew that the, the way to fight the war in the future was to make sure it wasn't fought on French soil, as it had been during the uh, First World War. Now, I did a podcast on Clemenceau uh, a couple of days ago, with some very revealing statistics uh, about the level of devastation to France. And if you're interested, go back and check that out, because the ideas, uh, the memory of that devastation was writ large in the minds of an entire generation of French military planners. And so they weren't content to stay with the machine Line. They wanted to make sure, make sure that, the front, that the war was fought on German soil And so the German army, uh, the French army, I beg your pardon, in the first days of the invasion of France actually marches onto German territory, swiftly withdrawing, Uh, but more cynically, Gamelin hoped that the titanic uh, showdown battle with Germany would happen in Belgium. And this partly explains why it is uh, once it it becomes clear that the Germans are going to win, that the, the Belgians um, uh, surrender and uh, abandon the Allied cause. By May the 14th, the French had fought very hard uh, in the Netherlands uh, and in Belgium, and they had uh, forced, uh, they had not been able to hold the line in the Netherlands because the Dutch army had been forced too far back, but they do hold the line successfully in, the, uh, in Belgium, Uh, at Hanou, um, they managed to destroy 165 panzer tanks. However, when the Belgian army is pushed back in disarray, it means that France's right flank is exposed, and France therefore has to withdraw. The greatest threat to an army during a war of movement is a flanking manoeuvre whereby they face the threat of being encircled. Gamelan, throughout these uh, difficult days, um, seems to be in very good spirits. Um, one might say almost naively so. Um, he was uh, a, a veteran of the First World War. He had served uh, Joseph Joffre, uh, the, the legendary French general, and had been...
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.
1: Luxury quality within reach. Go to slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. slash style. In One of the chief uh, officers who had uh, planned the victory at the first battle of the Marne in 1914, which had saved Paris. So it's possible. Uh, that in Gamelan's mind, he was about to achieve a similar victory and stop the Germans in their tracks. However, this is not what happens. If there were 17 divisions, German divisions, committed to seizing uh, the Maginot line, and 29 to attack Holland and uh, Belgium, then there were a further 45 with seven panzer divisions that attacked in the centre pushing through the Ardennes forest and swinging upwards to the uh, Channel coastline in order to close the trap. French defenders who saw the first German troops on the 13th of May uh, were attacked at fortresses in places such as Sedan um, by over a 1,000 Luftwaffe uh, aircraft um, Heinkels, Stukadai bombers uh, that kind of thing. And the it was the, the first instance whereby these kinds of uh, ground attack uh, tactics had been used uh, in the Second World War, though they had been obviously pioneered in Spain. The real impact isn't on the defensive positions uh, or the reinforced bunkers uh, at Sudan, Instead, it is on the morale and the mentality of the defending men, the shrieking of Stuka klaxons, the uh, nose cone um, that uh, let out that dire whining, dive-bombing noise. Um, had a terrible impact on the ability of men to carry on in their duties. And here's a quote, it's in um, All Hell Let Loose by Max Hastings. Um, he said, "This, The first such air attack of the war did little material damage, but impacted severely on, on morale. A soldier read, The noise of the engines is already enormous. And then there is this extraordinary shrieking which shreds your nerves. And then suddenly there is a rain of bombs and it goes on and on. Not a French or a British plane to be seen. Where the hell are they? My neighbour, a young bloke, is crying. The combined effect of dive bombers from the air and columns of panzers seem to have spread panic throughout the French army and shattered French resolve. Um, the German army crossed the Meuse River relatively unopposed on the evening of the 13th, hours after the shrieking Stuka uh, and Heinkel uh, dive bomb uh, attacks, Um, and the French army retreats in disarray. What French soldiers would have seen on the ground would have been wave after wave of panzer tanks um, and massed armour, something that the French didn't have, the French Um, had distributed their tanks fairly evenly throughout different um, regiments and companies of the French army instead of concentrating them into massed spearheads of uh, armoured firepower. In some places where the French soldiers stood their ground and uh, defended the uh, banks of the Meuse, they rained fire down on the Germans and killed large numbers of them. But this wasn't enough to prevent the, invade, the river crossing. Now, in Tony Jed's uh, collection of essays, Reappraisals, which, if you haven't read, you really should, it's um, a stunning, stunning set of uh, uh, arguments and debates, discussions on 20th century history and thought. Um, he writes about the fall of France, and in it, he, uh, in the essay on, on the subject... He uh, explains the level of uh, incompetence and kind of indifference uh, shown by, particularly by General huntsinger uh, one of the uh, senior French chiefs of staff. He says that there's a photo taken of the surrendered generals with their Nazi uh, victors um, in 1940. And they all seem remarkably cosy. huntsinger himself seems to be smiling and and having a joke. And some have suggested that there were French generals who were quite happy to lose because they knew that the state that would be coming would be Vichy France, one which they were entirely uh, sympathetic towards. And and no doubt they would have fought for their country, but if they lost, it wasn't the worst of all worlds. However, the crossing of the Meuse is an immense military catastrophe for the French and the generals who become aware of this by the uh, early hours of the 14th are in utter despair, uh, particularly when it's also uh, revealed that Sedan has fallen. The next failure uh, of the French was to misunderstand what the Germans were planning to do. It was assumed that the Germans would make their way directly to Paris and charge westwards um, all the way, perhaps even to the Pyrenees, conquering all of France. The idea that the German army was curving northwards to seize the coast and cut off the British Expeditionary Force and the French army that had marched into Belgium and the Netherlands uh, is, is lost on them. And whilst the Germans were anxious about a counterattack on their flank, and this is something that would have been well within the ability of France to achieve, the French army never take the initiative and never launched the counterattack. Uh, that the Germans are suspicious, may occur. And whilst there are localised attacks on the Germans, and it's not to suggest that the French were doing nothing, they're not coordinated, particularly not by Gamelan, they are um, have a high cost in lives, and they're not especially effective. The invasion triggers an almighty refugee crisis as well. Eight million French citizens uh, abandon their homes and flee uh, westwards, And this was, uh, up until that point, um, the biggest mass migration in European history. It's eclipsed by the forced migration of Germans at the end of the Second World War. But that's another podcast. I've done one on that two or three years ago now, but it's definitely uh, on on the list here, Uh, well worth a listen. The Germans deliberately used the tidal wave of refugees to their advantage, Strafing roads and killing civilians leads the refugees to make their way as close as they can towards allied lines Um, and to uh, the clogging of roads means that it becomes very difficult to move tanks, armour and military equipment to the front where it's needed. The British had little to be proud of at this point in the campaign either. The chaos that seemed to have reigned in Norway was also prevalent in the British Expeditionary Force in France. By the 19th, the first patterns had to at the mouth of the Somme on the coast. Uh, throughout this period, uh, Gamelan seems to have been kind of divorced from reality, but the... British by the 19th were quite clear that the encirclement had begun. Paul Reynaud, the French Prime Minister, decided that it was time for Gamelin to be replaced and he replaces him with Maxime Vigand, um, who was suddenly uh, a force of a kind of dynamism and yet prone to outbursts of anger and emotion in a way that Gamelin was not. And he thought that the only hope. To save the British and the French, was to counter attack um, along the German flank and, the, and try to break out of the encirclement. The um, British agree. Edmund Ironside, who is the Chief of Imperial General Staff, um, said that this seemed to be um, the best approach. But both men were quietly fearful that it may not be um, as successful. The British had held the line at Arras um, and withdraw on the 23rd. The day before, Churchill had been in Paris talking to uh, Reynaud, um, who had tried to convince Churchill that basically everything was um, OK and manageable and that the French would be able to pluck 20 or 30 new divisions out of the air uh, in order to lead a flanking attack against the Germans. Churchill was not convinced uh, of this and came away from France believing that perhaps there would have to be an evacuation. Renault became aware of plans for an evacuation and couldn't bring himself to tell Wigand, um this uh, dark news knowing that it would spell the end for his campaign in northern France. Some British officers secretly suspected that The French generals were happy to surrender and collaborate, whereas the French fired back a similar accusation at the British that they were uh, happy to abandon and return back over the Channel at the first sign of trouble. I'm going to continue um, in a separate podcast uh, on Dunkirk. Um, it's kind of of topical road I guess, given the movie. Um, there's a bit more to be said about it than we can really fit in right now. Um, suffice to say, though, that Dunkirk isn't the final moment in the unfolding tragedy of France. And the country finally capitulates on the 20th of June, so 46 days after hostilities began the uh, cost in human life of Germany's uh, attack on Belgium, the Netherlands and France. To Germany uh, was 43,000 troops killed, 117,000 men wounded, uh, France lost 50,000 men, um, the British 11,000, and the Germans took 1.5 million prisoners. And as previously mentioned, the fall of France throws uh, allied plans into absolute chaos and the British have to think about how to fight a completely different kind of war Anyway, I hope you found this useful and uh, please do, uh, if you can, check out our Patreon page I'll put a link below and also if you can give us a thumbs up or a like or some a good review on the iTunes page for Explaining History that would be greatly appreciated